Hey there, I'm Catalina Villegas. I'm the host of Rolly's Experts Explain Everything podcast. Rolly is the platform where journalists find experts for their stories. It is created by journalists and for journalists. And as a journalist myself, I love to find fascinating people on Rolly. Experts with so much knowledge and insight, and yet it rarely makes it past the headlines. So I'm bringing on one of those experts to answer all the burning questions I've ever had about their field. And today I'm chatting with Jason Earl founder and CEO of Got Mold. He has spent 20 years in the mold, healthy home, air quality industry. Jason, it is so nice to have you on. It's so good to be here. Thanks, Kat. I feel like mold is such a scary thing, especially the toxic molds, the black molds, and they sound absolutely terrifying. Are those molds as scary as they're made out to be? Are they as toxic and deadly as we think they are? How concerned should I be about that stuff? It's a really good question. I'll debunk it first, and then I'll give you the the, the real scoop. So the first part is that black mold, lots of molds are black. Um, and actually the black mold they talk about is called stachybotrys, uh, and technically it's not even black. It's actually a very dark green. Um, but, uh, but the, it's also the toxic part is it produces a toxin, uh, a, a very potent chemical toxin, uh, called trichothecene, but it doesn't produce it all the time. In fact, all the, there are other top molds that produce toxins that are, that are, uh, uh, equally as scary if you concentrate them and you know, test them on animals. Mm. Uh, but uh, but the reality is is that not none of the toxic molds produce toxins all the time. They produce them when they're sort of uh, you know in 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 fear mode or when they're competition. They use these toxins to kill other molds. Believe it or not, it's a, it's, a, it's it's chemical warfare on a microscopic level. And we are genetically much closer to fungi uh, than we are bacteria, which is part of the reason why we get affected by these things. Uh, it's also why oh, antibiotics work really well on us, um, but don't but don't kill us. Um, and by the way, my antibiotics are mostly mycotoxins, uh, and so uh, they are actually made from these toxins. Uh, penicillin is made from a, a mycotoxin that is isolated from a specific kind of penicillium, uh, which is a very common mold. There's many different kinds, of course, but this one particular type is what was uh, was identified by Alexander Fleming. In a petri dish, accidentally, right. uh, because it, it actually created a little special ring around it to 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 kill off bacteria that was growing in this petri dish. So we are awash in these things. Um, the thing is that so that the, the the black mold, toxic mold stuff is kind of like a media thing. Um, it, it, there's some truth to it, but as think as is often the case, where there's a little bit of truth, it's often conflated with other other uh, things that might make it less truthful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, what you have to look at is when it comes to mold. Mold is not the problem. Mold is a moisture problem. Mold is just the symptom of a very predictable metabolic process that occurs when something gets wet and stays wet. And so what happens with it when something gets wet and stays wet? See, mold's job is to digest things that were at one time alive and turn them back into dirt. It's doing its job if it's doing that in your yard, sticks and leaves. It's doing that to sheetrock or or building materials or even your personal belongings in your house, not so good. The thing about uh, mold is that when it's when it's early stage, uh, it's you know like a, a, an initial leak, you only have 24 to 48 hours to respond to that leak and dry it out according to the EPA um, before it becomes uh, a risk for, for, mold, for, for mold growth. And then at 72 hours, according to the industry standard, uh, you should treat all porous materials as if they're moldy, whether they're visible mold or not. So many people think about mold, water damage issues in terms of like days or weeks or 
you know, like something that they've got a leak, they'll just let it go. But the guidance on dealing with this stuff is in, that, is in hours and days. So it's very important that you move quickly. The reason I bring this up in the context of toxic mold and, and black mold is that toxic mold and black mold are the molds that are associated with those, those sort of uh, inflammatory names. And by the way, those molds are known to, these, these are also supposed to trigger inflammation in, in people, and they do. Mold growth indoors and the byproducts of mold growth indoors are the underlying cause of much inflammation, which of course triggers lots of different illnesses, either in a causative or, 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 or uh, uh, amplifying effects. So, so I, I joke around about the fact that it's an inflammatory name. It's truly an inflammatory substance. But the thing is that molds will get more serious as they go on. The initial, initial moisture issues will produce, uh, will be attracted to certain kinds of molds that are uh, they're called primary colonizers. And then if the moisture stays, the more aggressive molds come in. They're called secondary colonizers. And then the tertiary colonizers are actually the most aggressive ones. And they're there when you have chronic water damage, chronic mm-hmm. moisture, just like chronic disease or mm-hmm. chronic uh, inflammation in our body is a disease, right? Uh, chronic dampness in your house is a disease in your home. The building is sick. And those molds are the top, the toxic molds. And black molds are sort of the top of the food chain when it comes to the uh, the, the, the yeasts and molds and the, and the kingdom fungi. And so, uh, so when they're actively growing in your house, as much as you should be concerned about those molds, they're more of an indicator that you've had a chronic, a chronic water issue. And a chronic water issue is the enemy of any occupied building. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. It makes me think that as you know, we experience more climate change and flooding and uh, sea level rise, that we might see more homes experiencing uh, mold as well. Is that something that you see in the horizon? Oh, for sure. I mean, we're already seeing that. I think I think Katrina was 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 something that sort of you know cemented that concept in our in our in our minds as you know the climate climate change uh, and also Katrina cough is something that uh, made its way into our lexicon, which is uh, which is a mold cough uh, and. And so I, I think that, that that dynamic of, you know, historic flooding and, you know, this is the hundred year storms that seem to happen, you know, almost annually mm-hmm. uh, in various places. That's a big deal. Uh, we also build buildings out of paper mache. Um, right. The quality of our building materials is, is so substandard uh, for, a, for, a, for a modern culture. It's very mold friendly, the building materials we use, and yes. we build them very tight so that the, the t- toxins accumulate indoors. Uh, it's, you know, what I think about mold, about this subject is that I look at this as, uh, as a very, like I said, like I said earlier, a very predictable biological inevitability. Something gets wet and stays wet, it gets moldy. But people think about it differently. They think about it like it's lightning striking them, or that like it's an earthquake, as if there's something that just doesn't that's unusual or like uh, that that happens to them unpredictably. But it's not like that. It's very, very predictable. Uh, and so I feel like it should be something that you, everyone, should be aware of because if you haven't dealt with a mold issue yet, just wait. You will. And you should be prepared yeah. because it has an impact on your quality of life in just dramatic ways. If it doesn't make you sick, it can make your loved ones sick. It also makes your house potentially unsaleable, uh, unrentable. Uh, so it can impact you financially in many ways, displace you so that you have to spend enormous sums of money to get it fixed. Whereas a simple water damage issue fixed quickly is almost free. Um, so so the, the cost associated with not responding to these things uh, is, is enormous. Um, and the money savings in responding to it quickly are equally so. Yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, 
let's say you do have water damage in your home or you have whatever, there's something wrong, maybe a crack in the wall or something. Usually these things uh, might impact your ability to sell the home, but they're not going to impact your health. And with mold, it impacts your home and it impacts your personal health as well. And that's uh, that's something that is so compelling about this and why this is so such an important topic, um, because it, it can impact your pocketbook and uh, your your livelihood. Indeed. And it's, and it's an equal opportunity uh, toxin, too. It is amazing how widespread it, how, how its impact is and also how diverse it is because you can have five people living in a house with one mold problem and they'll all have different symptoms. For sure. I wanted to go back really quickly to something you mentioned about the way we build our homes here, um, specifically in the U.S. I'm originally from Colombia and most of the homes that you build in Colombia, they're built out of uh, out of brick. And I'd never really thought about why. But then again, it's a very moist place. It's near the equator, you know, near the Amazon rainforest. Um, and I wonder if you see a lot more mold and toxic mold in those parts of the world, or if those parts of the world have adapted through different types of homes and uh, home building to avoid those issues well so those kinds of materials uh are are i wouldn't say exempt from mold but they are almost completely exempt from the toxic types again i don't i don't like i don't i don't promote the toxic term Mm. but the ones that i'm talking about require uh, really like to eat cellulose Mm. uh and and which is basically um the uh the basis for paper and we build houses out of sheetrock, which is a paper and gypsum sandwich. Uh, and the, and so our it, what happened was in around World War uh, at the end of World War II, we had to find the cheap building materials to answer to the demand of the baby boomers. And so uh, all these fast, cheap building materials came out of the woodwork. Um, and then uh, and so we 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 end up with a you know an entire country filled of paper mache houses, um, mm-hmm. which is insane. It's they're self composting. Just add water. Um, <laughs> you know, it's really unbelievable. And it is so yeah. mold friendly. I mean, it's it's so great. Even the dumbest of the three little pigs didn't build this house out of paper. Out of paper. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's it's really deplorable and, and it's and it's and it's sad. So so if you you know, mold likes to eat stuff that was is made of things that were at one time living. So that means paper, uh uh, you know, is ceiling tile or sheetrock rather, ceiling tiles. Uh, there's components in carpet, carpet padding, anything upholstered. Uh, so basically all the soft stuff in our lives. Yeah. The hard stuff, concrete, glass, paper, plastic, those, mold doesn't like those things. It doesn't have any nutrition for it. So when you're talking about building to, to you know, the old houses, people like to think, or people call themselves, like, I, have a, I have a new house, I probably don't have a mold problem, uh, but I got this old house that, you know, it's 100 years old, and, you know, I would like to get that one inspected. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? It's probably the opposite. Mm. Uh, the, the old house, the plaster, brick, lath, a lot of those houses were very leaky in terms of air leakage. So they actually dry out when they get wet. Water leaks in the window, the wind blows, it dries out. Water gets on our walls, we've got all this plastic and we've got this fluffy insulation that's made of, by the way, formaldehyde-based for, uh, fiberglass, which is a class one carcinogen. And water gets in the wall and stays in the wall and then it gets moldy and rots. And that's the innovation and construction that we bring to um, modern life. Whereas we built buildings back, you know, 50 years ago, the craftsmen 
or I should say a little more, you know, 70 years ago, uh, before the, all the artisans sort of disappear, you know, plaster, brick, stone, uh, these houses are built to last. And I can tell you, I can, I can prove that to you because they're still here. Right. Uh, if you leave a house like we build it now uh, with sheetrock and, and, and white pine uh, and you leave that house unoccupied, in, in a matter of months, it'll collapse on itself. It'll just, it'll just fall apart. Um, and whereas these older buildings, uh, that were built to last, like where you're from, uh, they're built, they're built to endure against moisture issues, but they're also built, um, in such, they're built that way because the, the, the materials are, are present. They're abundant in, in that area. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the sand and, and all the basis for that. Right. Um, we, we've, we've, we've lost our way when it comes to construction because it's a profit driven, um, uh, business instead of, uh, instead of building, you know, homes, uh, that are here to house our society. You know, I, I heard about you and wow, you just have such an incredible story, such an interesting story um, about how you got into the profession, about your childhood ailments, your aha moment. Just can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, thanks for the kind words. Uh, I had uh, pretty severe respiratory illness as a child uh, and uh, they diagnosed me with cystic fibrosis initially. Uh, which thankfully was a false diagnosis. Uh, six weeks later, they, they correctly diagnosed me with asthma compounded by pneumonia and tested me for allergies. They, they essentially told my parents that I, they had a bubble boy. And when we moved out of the house, so all my symptoms just went away. And so uh, so I wouldn't think about it again until you know almost 10 years later after a successful career on Wall Street. It's so interesting. Tell me a little bit about that part because uh, you go from Wall Street to starting your own business and uh you have this aha moment in hawaii of all places um i was reading a lot of local newspapers and one story jumped out at me it was just about it was written about a gentleman who worked at the hilton kalia tower on waikiki beach he he, he developed an adult onset asthma and sensitivities to all of these foods and allergens that he had never had problems with before and he blamed it on the building um, he blamed it on the mold in the building. He immediately thought, geez, I wonder if our house made me sick. So I called my father from a payphone and said, uh, hey, Dad, <laughs> and you, you just aged yourself with that. <laughs> totally, right? <laughs> but uh, but I, I called him up and, and, and just, I said, hey, do you think do you think we had a mold problem at Old Trenton Road? And he just laughed at me. He goes, of course, uh, we had mushrooms in the basement. Why do you ask? And it was just this, this flippancy of it, the, the fact that he just completely, he didn't think much of it, uh, was, was kind of telling. It's, it speaks a lot about the mindset that we, that I, that I, that was pervasive in our culture when I started this. You were kind of one of the first who used canines to detect mold in the homes. And then you also developed an at-home testing kit. Uh, so t tell me a little bit uh, about that, if possible. One of the things that was very difficult when I first started looking at this was we'd go into a home and there would be a musty odor and people would be experiencing symptoms and there would be no visible mold. Um, and you do air testing for spores, uh, which is really common and also very, very useful. Uh, and sometimes you wouldn't find high spore counts, but you'd still have the odors and you'd still have the symptoms. And so that would it implied there might be a hidden mold issue. Uh, and so I began looking for technologies back then, again, 20 years ago, uh, lots of Lots of technologies have emerged since, but none none quite like uh, our four-legged friend. It was no surprise to me that something as simple as mold, as smelly as mold, right. also something that's in one place. Mold doesn't move around. You know, it doesn't like infest one wall and then sort of like hop across the room to another. It's right where the water is, and so it, and it, and it emanates an odor that's uh, extremely distinctive. Everybody 
who's listening to this knows what a musty smell is. Right. You know? And so the dogs are, are really good at that. But we were always looking at different technologies. And I'm fascinated with uh, the detection of these things because I think if you can get to them early, you can prevent a lot of harm. And that takes me to the home testing kit that you um, that you guys developed. Tell me a little bit about that and how easy is it to use? There's lots of potholes and pitfalls in getting your house inspected and getting it tested for mold. Um, and so uh, the the mold inspection company that uh, that I own, 1-800-GOT-MOLD, uh, our average inspection is north of 1000 bucks, And so we primarily uh, deal with single-family homeowners, uh, often affluent. And, uh, and, uh, and so that makes this service out of reach uh, in terms of cost for, for many people, especially people who rent. Right. So what we did is we took the same device that the professionals use, but we shrunk it down. Our kit allows you to test the air in one, two, or three rooms using our proprietary air sampling pump, which replaces the professional one. And all of the shipping, all of the lab fees are all included in the, in the fixed cost. So for one room is 149, two rooms is 199, and three rooms is 249. And if you keep the pump, you can uh, buy refills if you want to retest, or you can give it to a friend, and they can do the same. Uh, but the idea is to is to make it. A, Make, make this kind of data or information about the indoor environment accessible to everybody. We've talked earlier about how mold has been here since basically the, the dawn of living organisms, fungi and all of that stuff. But is there anything new in terms of mold that you find interesting that you'd like to share? I think the awareness about it is interesting. Uh, I really do. I think, I think it's fascinating that we live on a water planet, uh, we, we all live in buildings, uh, we all breathe air, and yet we're all just waking up to this reality of, of, a, of, a, of an organism that, uh, that uh, has an incredible impact on our, on our health and quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you, if you look at the numbers on how much mold impacts health, it's insane. 37 million Americans have chronic sinusitis. According to the Mayo Clinic, that's mostly mold-related. That's the most prevalent long-term upper respiratory uh, illness in America, uh, and most of the people who have it don't know that. Uh, according to EPA and Berkeley Labs, 24.6 million Americans have asthma, uh, and uh, they 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 have they did a study and found that about 4.6 million of those, or roughly 25 percent, are mold and dampness related. Wow, uh, that is a big deal. And so those are just two obvious ones. There's also a really big study uh, that was done uh, by uh, Brown University at Rishonasa. And he found a direct correlation between mold and dampness indoors and depression. Uh, mm. And think about think about that. I mean, people living in a damp, moldy place, they they weren't sure what the cause was. But one of my friends at Rutgers University is studying this, and she found that she exposed fruit flies to the musty odor. They developed, uh, they stopped producing dopamine, they stopped reproducing, and they basically got depressed. Wow. Uh, and and so it was a metabolic shift for them. And also they developed Parkinsonian-like symptoms. So the thing that's exciting to me about uh, mold. Uh, is that the we're, we're reaching a point where the awareness uh, and technology are connecting. There's a there's a there's a, a nexus there, and which will enable us eventually, I think, in the very short term, to start putting sensors and other preventive uh, mechanisms in place to identify these things earlier, so that we have less of an impact. Uh, it has less of a social impact. Jason, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for your insight. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Kat. 
You can learn a lot more about Jason and you can get your very own testing kit by visiting his website www.gotmold.com and you can find hundreds of other exceptional experts at www.roliapp.com. I'm Catalina Villegas and you can always connect with me on social media at Catalina Official OFFCL on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Until next time.